Hello and welcome to the Pants Party After Party. I am your host, Harrison Starr, joined as always by Ben Ross. Ben, Iowa just won 62-57. How are you doing, man? You know, better dead than red. I've always said that. And there was a time where I thought our Hawks were dead, but I was wrong, and so are many others. It was a genuinely concerning game from an offensive standpoint. When you look at the three-point shooting column, two for 20, hate that. But I think, so bad. I think the way to spin it is they didn't let that affect the rest of their game. They were as locked in defensively as I've ever seen them. Um, a five-second call, I think it was after Wisconsin called a timeout. Mm-hmm. Just genuinely unbelievable. Um, Ten blocks the first time that's happened in six five seasons um and they just hammered the offensive boards when the shots weren't falling so they they clearly wanted to win this game and did all the effort plays that you would hope to see a team who wanted to win a game make it was fantastic but also horrible (laughs) i mean yeah the the problem is like there are we're talking about like this game is a a turd we're trying to polish. And I just don't totally want to buy into that simply because like, you know, ho-hum, Luca Garza had 24 points, four blocks, nine rebounds, three assists. Like, okay. You know, Joe Wieskamp down the stretch uh, was really great. Jordan Bohannon down the stretch, you know, kind of sealed the game with an incredible sort of uh, drive down the middle with about 90 seconds left, I think. Um, you know, truly pivotal, pivotal game. It's just, you know, the, the, the shooting really, I guess is pretty stinky <laughs> and that, I mean, it's easy to look at that. Um, you know, the, I think, well, we had a seven minute scoring drought at times, not quite Indiana levels. Uh, but you know, thankfully Wisconsin had a, made the game on a nine minute scoring drought themselves. So the water, water sort of found its level. It felt, I think the biggest takeaway is it felt incredibly lucky to be down only six at half, but like, I never, you know, really doubt, like, obviously there was some shot of a doubt, but I wasn't doom and gloom at half. I mean, we, I th- did we hit, did we have any threes or did we have one three at half? It was zero, zero three. Yeah. Zero. It's oh, ten. So, yep. so it's like, if just one of those goes in, two of those goes in, it's a t- whole different ball game. And even towards the end, it was like, I think Wieskamp missed a three with two or two, two and a half minutes to go. And if he made that, the game's more or less sealed. Um, mm-hmm. And he could have said that, you know, a number of times. And I guess the whole takeaway is, is there's just no way that can carry over to tomorrow. Right. Or today, if you're listening to this or yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that is the takeaway that uh, Iowa on balance has not necessarily had uh, two weak shooting games in a row. Um, You look at when they lost to Gonzaga, four for 22, they came back and made 35% of their threes um, the next game against Purdue. Not where they're normally at, but like you said, water finding its level. Uh, Against Indiana, five for 23, they go out and make 10 and 25 right at 40%. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've seen Iowa bounce back from poor shooting performances. And I think the important thing to me, you're right. It's a good win. 
like there's no sense there's no sense to look at it from a negative standpoint because Iowa is in Saturday for the first time in 15 years for the Big Ten tournament and that matters like I I I I maybe have a tendency to fluff it off because uh just chalk it up to one of Fran's faults but getting to Saturday matters I don't care it took one game to win it they're there in these unusual circumstances and like you said, Garza just carried them in the first half. I think he had um, close to 20 points in the first half. And like you said, there were, or alluded, there were three times where Iowa made three or more shots in a row. And the the final time was down the stretch when it went, um, when they ended up getting the lead, um, turning it from 52-54 to 52-56, to 54-58. And they made their free throws down the stretch. And I won my under bet, the only bet I made today, that one. So uh, happy about that, but also not. Uh, Garza had 18 of Iowa's first half, 26 first half points, so truly carrying them. Going back to the bet, um, I thought, you know, a lot of my friends got Iowa at five or five and a half. I thought it was at four and a half the whole day. Luckily, you know, I don't really do that anymore. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about the Saturday thing. You know, we, I talk about, you know, I'm a relatively young Iowa fan in terms of my fandom. This is the first <laughs> yeah. time ever I was playing this game. So of course, like this is really exciting for me. Um, I had no idea they were allowing fans of any kind in the game. It's just so fun to see there was a guy with a very, you know, go, going to see so just warm from my heart seeing Hawkeye Elvis next to Garza's <laughs> next to Frank Garza and uh, Garza's girlfriend, and um, there's a really great starter jacket in the crowd I saw from the uh, from an Iowa fan too, and I think Bromel Todd Bromel Camp, who's uh, been you know one of the best uh, critics, and I don't mean that in the negative sense of Iowa best commentators of Iowa basketball this season said like getting a win on like getting a Saturday win is important. Not, 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 not just because of the big 10 tournament for the NCAA tournament too. Um, and I think that's really, really, you know, can't be discounted. And if Iowa beats Illinois, like this is legit, like, you know, we truly there, there are no warts to pick for this Iowa team this year. It's not, no, I mean, not, yeah, we should, I mean, we can start looking ahead whenever it's like, you know, the, this is a legit team. If we can beat Illinois on Saturday. Yeah, I think that that is an exciting thing thing to think about, and it's also horrifying to think about. Like this is such a rare spot for Iowa to be, and they talked about it throughout the whole broadcast about, hey, there are four top ten teams potentially to be in. I mean, these next two days have the case to maybe be better than whatever final four happens just because weird things happen with 64 or 68 teams. But you look at it and if Iowa is able to beat Illinois, it knocks off one of the losses that they had early and it validates, Hey, it, if Frederick can go, he looked, he played a lot. Um, he had his moments. He had a little sideways bit, but um if he's able to go and looks a hundred percent and Iowa is able to pull off the win against Illinois, it, it gives them a case to be a one seed, whether Illinois fans like it or not. 
Um, that uh, That's just kind of my view. And it's so weird to think about being an Iowa fan because we're just not in this spot ever, ever. We're, we're not in a position where, hey, we think this is possible at the beginning of the season and it's still possible at the end of the season. You either see it come from nowhere or crumble into pieces and it still could crumble, whatever. That's the nature of living in the moment. But um, as important as winning today was winning to winning on Saturday is even more important. Uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And because we played Illinois so close and kind of had a brain fart in the last five minutes earlier in the season. <clears throat> um, it's just really exciting stuff. I'm glad you brought up Frederick because I guess he's the only, it's so weird because of, you know, of all the great of the performances tonight, I like Frederick is the one I have the most, uh, most to say about, I guess. I, I, do you think he's hurt? Cause I, I'm not sure if he, like he looked fine. Seven points. He played 32 minutes plus minus of six. He had one of Iowa's two threes and it came at a pivotal, pivotal time. Yeah. All, all of his points were important, but he just is scared to shoot the ball. I, I simply do not get it. I, it's very frustrating there. He, he didn't pass up as many wide open looks uh, as he has in past games recently, but he's passed up 50, 50, let's say looks more than frustratingly more than I can remember. And, when he's in, you know, after at times the best three point shooter on the team, statistically, I think he might still be what certainly was earlier. Not that I, he doesn't have, I think the, the volume to, to really qualify, but he needs to be a bit. And I think, you know, he played fine defense. I think he just needs to become more of an asset, especially when I guess, you know, Wieskamp camp came up big down the stretch, but like, um, and Bohannon, you know, he only yeah. scored in double figures. Bohannon only scored in double figures because he went four from four from free throw line, you know, not to say only because all four of those points uh, made my heart. <laughs> they, 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 they help, they help my BPM go, go by 10 down, down by 10 each time. Um, but like, we just, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm think Frederick's hurt, but it's like, you know, either shit, shit or get off the pot is just sort of how I feel with him, you know? <laughs> It's funny because, like, I was thinking the exact same thing watching Frederick just, like, pump fake and then dribble and then pass. And, like, none of those are individually the wrong decision, I would say. But then, like, you look at him and he does it and then they run their offense again. And then he gets a more open three that he ends up taking and missing. Mm -hmm. And he – I don't know if he's scared, but I think he just – he – knows where his role in the offense is and Fran does too and there was a a moment where it felt like Iowa was trying to run their offense through Frederick he had just made that three it looked like they were trying to free him up for another one he couldn't and that's fine I I I think that's ultimately what it comes down to and I, I thought this was as complete a game as we've seen one through eight from Iowa in um, in a while, just because Pat McCaffrey was all over the place. Joe Toussaint was doing Joe Toussaint things. Keegan Murray. What more can we say about this kid? He is, he's incredible. Um, no fear. He blocked two dunks, um, gave up a third, but when you, every point mattered in this game and there were twice that Micah Potter had clean lanes to the rim and Murray just erased them. Like 
I can't get over how well this whole team played and eventually the shots will fall. That's just kind of what you hope with basketball. And they, they did enough. And on Saturday, I I mean, I don't know if it's a type of game I would seek out and watch, but having watched it, it, it really makes me appreciate this team a lot more. Um, and when I say seek out and watch, I mean, I wouldn't be watching it if it weren't Iowa. Like, I'm not going to watch a Memphis-Wichita State game that looks like that. Um, Murray, it's like, he. I can't believe he only played 15 minutes because he did <laughs> something. All, and it's like, it feels like he was on the court for at least 20 or 25. And, you know, I'm not clamoring for him for getting more playing time. But, like, who, who what, what's the, what's the, what's the metric for like, you know, usage, it'd be like usage rate or something, right. Or like just efficiency, I guess. Like it's truly, I mean, and I guess, you know, the, 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 I want to see him more, you know, I guess, I don't know, but I don't know who he takes minutes away from, I guess if Frederick isn't, you know, shooting or um, if McCaffrey's going to keep on going over three, but no, I mean, Connor actually, uh, Connor actually had a quietly really good game. He had a rebound at the end that kind of sealed the deal. Um, or I mean a steal rather. He had a yes. really pivotal steal, really pivotal steal um, as the game was ending. I, I mean, everybody played great. There were no, you know, there were no weak links, no Toussaint had uh, one or two turnovers, but I feel he, one of them, he was literally getting fucking grabbed in the first half. That was truly, <laughs> I mean, and, and it's actually funny, I guess, because other than, you know, there are a couple calls, you know, are questionable, but like other than the, to end the game yeah. with the fucking um, one and one, <laughs> I mean, officiating was totally fine. And like, I thought, yeah. and I couldn't, I couldn't believe they ended the game. I thought they for sure want to try and give Wisconsin a chance to, you know, get the ball back somehow. But I, I mean, I can't believe they did the right thing at the end of the game with the one on one. Truly, and like, I was like, how, how, how do you not have? Why? That's your job. Like, what are we doing here? It's been a so long they, day, Ben. It's been a long day. I, that person probably did all four games. They started no, at ten thirty. I thought I thought they had four, three different crews. No, it was the ref the the clock operator i would imagine i bet you they have one clock operator like it's a high school okay uh, i'm not putting that on the clock operator i'm putting that on the fucking crew they said it was one and one that's okay. the clock o- I, that's the clock operator's fault I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dox them because it it i mean i, Wisconsin, like I the, think the fact that the ref said one and one and the wisconsin players didn't do anything on the mess doesn't that tell you uh, i mean okay. I, I i think the to talk a little bit about the refereeing, I just God, I just hate Wisconsin because it, it cracks me up how they they play the defense that they play, and then you look at it. There are four minutes left, and they only have five fouls. It's like, what is this witchcraft? What is it? And <laughs> the foul to give where Potter just like shoves guards into the floor that cracked me up. He got his money's worth on that one. Um, and it's what it is with when you play Wisconsin. And Iowa fought through it. Like Bohannon got a little testy halfway through the first half, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I thought he was going to get teed up. I was scared. Yeah, I was really it, scared. I, I was I was impressed that uh, no one pulled it off. Um, but hey, a, a win's a win, and it, it gave us genuinely one of the funniest 
funniest endings I've ever seen in the game. Because to your point earlier, the w- way that line settled at minus five or minus five and a half. I, I, but I guess what would have it happened? It, it was the ninth foul. So how mm-hmm. are you? I, I think it ended up how it probably was going to end up one way or the other. Yeah, and Brad Davison, Brad Davison with a quiet four personal fouls. Um, <laughs> to end his to end the game, I was I was I was really turned off by his. He, I think he made his first two threes in the first half, and that really made me so angry. But then he cooled down. Um, you just have to talk about. I just want to mention, you know, Dimitri Trice in the second half. He had 15 yeah. second half points, 19 in the game, and. He was there as a stretch where I thought he was going to take the. I mean, he really did put the Badgers on his shoulders, and luckily I was deep enough to not let that happen. Um, but he was playing. Yeah, he was unconscious uh, for for a moment there, and he had the kind of performance that sort of puts a team like I would have bet, and that's really reassuring because you know I think obviously Dosun was better, but maybe, <clears throat> but you know Trice had as good a stretch as he can really ask for. So another. Another, you know, nice, nice thing that we were able to see put the clamps on a guy trying to put put up a Herculean effort uh, against Iowa. They had they had some answers which we haven't always seen before. Yeah, just to I'm looking at kind of the the stat broadcast of this for the stretch from 1347 to 921. Trice made their only five field goals, and that was and then six minutes or nine minutes elapse and he makes their last one. So he had their last, if I'm counting correctly, six field goals in that stretch from 1347 to the end of the game. A tr- tr- truly incredible that I was able to stop it um, or just keep the ball away from him and, and credit to Bohannon. Cause there was a stretch Bardo pointed out they were, they were running trice off ball and Bohannon just denied. It might've been the best defense he's ever played in his career. Mm-hmm. I loved it. We've talked about Bohannon's defense. I feel like this year, it's his his three point shooting isn't as good as it has been, or as we've expected. But his defense and he's dribbling, you know, and driving to the lane. Like, really, I haven't, you know, not since the freshman year, and even then, like I, that was five years ago, seven years ago. Now I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just can't remember. And he's, you know, like I said last pod, he's looks like a true point guard. Yeah. And the yeah, team's better for it, most importantly. Yeah, he, he absolutely is. And I, I think that um that that's the kind of performance you want from your point guard. Uh it just the the feel of it. Um eleven points. He was the the guy with the ice in his veins down the stretch. Three assists. I mean Iowa didn't have many buckets. Um but was just always kind of there. Uh not as good I didn't as the like, prior game, but I didn't like the last three he took. I think he had Pat open under the rim or somebody else, or he had one. Uh, more pass the transition three. The transition three went with the full shot clock on. Um, that I think that's the only mistake I can remember him making, and think, thankfully it didn't cost anything. I think it was a worthwhile mistake to make. That that's okay. Where, where I, I mean, yeah, at all if he that. makes it, if he makes that three, you know, it, it ice, yeah, exactly. So you're right. So we have, uh, I mean, we, we could end this now, but I guess, did you watch any of the other games today? 
I watched Maryland, Michigan, which, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, it was good until it wasn't, <laughs> right. um, I guess, um, I'm not, I truly don't know what happened with tar, um, the fuck's the guy's name? Turgeon. I almost, I almost said Tarpinian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, Tarkanian. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to believe Tarkin, jeez, uh, Turgeon was chirping Howard, but I don't, I might be truthing that. And then I didn't see any of the other two games. Actually, I, I know Illinois kind of cruised past Rutgers as expected. And then, uh, Purdue, oh, you don't know, had it. And then they lost it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ohio state had like an 18 point lead. Purdue came back, tied it to send it to overtime. And then, Ohio State just finally found it. Like I, I think that that's what happens in these cavernous arenas is teams just go so cold for a stretch and they just cannot stop it um, at any level of the floor. Like I, I was even watching some of the some of the shots that Wisconsin missed were genuinely perplexing. Like they missed. They were six of thirteen or six of nineteen on layups, and I mean, if you take Iowa's ten blocks out of there, maybe it's a little different. But um, just the stretches these teams go through without scoring—it's crazy. It's crazy. And and like you said, I think that the Maryland-Michigan game was a lot of fun to watch, but it really wasn't actually that good of a game. What was Iowa on layups? Oh, um, Iowa, and this is stat broadcast stuff, just oh, 14, 14 to 22. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking the same thing you are. Oh, sweet. And they were a, a tidy one point per possession, according to stat broadcast, and I think it was a little Ooh. different. They were uh, less than that on Ken Palm, 0.95. Held Wisconsin to 0.88. Man, how, how much fun would basketball be if we uh, just had the points per possession spit out at the end of games instead of the final scores. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, another thing, you no, know, very clean eight turnovers from Iowa. And I mean, Connor, I guess going back to them to try and salvage what I said earlier, um, three, uh, three steals too. I mean, good, good work out of him. Good work out of everybody. Yeah. Well, C- Connor had, I think maybe the the most important pass of the game. Like he had that little lob to Wieskamp where he had that nice, easy layup. And I think Mm -hmm. that was the the play that gave Iowa the lead. Um, So like I said, like to me, I think you could pick apart a lot of performances, but, but contributions from all eight guys, which was awesome to see. Team game. Team game. Indeed. So, uh, unless you have anything else, Ben, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this guy up. Do you see a line for tomorrow night yet? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't. I mean, Michigan-Ohio State's a great game. The thing is, like, these four teams, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, like, these are four great teams. Baylor went down today. It's we – we say it every year, the Big Ten, man. So deep. It it feel like like I said like I I don't think they're I I think we could get two the two best games on any single day from the Big Ten tomorrow and maybe I'm s- smoking the the product but 
or high on my own supply. I think that's probably the the better way to frame it. But I'm it I'm just very excited about um about it. Let me see. What's the date? It's the twelfth. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing any lines yet, uh, other than Michigan minus six. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. Michigan did look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess that's it, Ben. Ooh, Arkansas went down, I think. No, wait. Is Arkansas? No, they didn't. who they beat? Maybe not. Sorry, uh, now we're just – this is horrible, horrible podcasting right now. I don't know. Um, I will say – so I'm playing golf early tomorrow, so I'm going to miss the first game. And I had plans because it's my last day in Arizona of golfing, and I leave early Sunday morning. Plans to go to In-N-Out Burger for the first time since I've been here post-golf, but I don't think I'll be able to make it. I'm going to have to rush home to catch the Iowa game. Unless the, the first game goes really long, like somehow or, the Rutgers-Illinois game did. I can't believe I was able to get yoga in. That felt like a very <laughs> – I might have to keep doing that because it felt – it was very calming. And I and I didn't go in with angst at Brad Davidson. I did have angst towards Brad Davidson, but I never got visibly angry via nice. the Twitter it's feed. A, so. I know, yeah, cause, because we've got a baby here now. I couldn't scream and shout and everything. So yeah, it was a calming, calming wind. I know, I know. Well, for Ben Ross, uh, the in and out list, Ben and Ross, for We'll get myself. it for dinner. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll get it for dinner. Uh, for myself, Harrison Starr, for our competitors, as always, for, ooh, you think we get Bo Borowski tomorrow? For that, for that guy, I too? Don't, I don't want to think about it. Okay, dokes. Well, go Hawks. Animal style. <laughs>